Off trail, on trail, they're all one thing, aren't they? Hello, my name is Constantine, hiker, rambler, owner and founder of Eleven Skies. We created a podcast here to highlight and represent what it takes to make through hiking, long distance backpacking, adventures, outdoor life possible. Questions that focus on the how and the who, not necessarily the what. We all share this love for what we call the outdoors, but everybody's different. The diversity is what makes it wonderful. And just like the trails themselves, the diversity of how people make this life possible and how people continue to live the life that they truly love is what really has inspired us and makes us want to continue to learn about these people. So this is the Off Trail Podcast where, yeah, we might talk about trails from here and there. It's hard to make a hiker not ramble about trail systems, but mostly we're going to learn about the people. We're going to learn about what makes it possible and how they function and how they manage and how they strategize their time off trail, make on trail possible. Enough of our rambles. Let's just get into it, shall we? Welcome back to the Off Trail Podcast. My name is Constantine, and today I have the extreme pleasure with talking with the one and only, the Apple Pie. Um, She actually took some time out of her schedule. She is currently through hiking the North Country Trail, and um, when she told me she was available, I (laughs) quickly shoved everything else aside because being able to get some of her time is really special. So welcome, Apple Pie. Um, thank Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so... Kind of how we start, um, I tried my best not to be quote unquote like the same um, with the same intro, all that type of stuff, but really to set the stage, you kind of have to know who the person is that you're chatting with, um, you're listening to, what may have you. So first question um, with that type of ramble is, who are you? Um, you can kind of answer that question however you want. There's not really a structure there. It is your apple pie, um, kind of, yeah, who are you? Um, just walk me through that, please. Okay. Well, um, so my trail name is Apple Pie, and uh, my real name is Arlette, and I was born in Holland, born and raised in Holland, went to college there, and then uh, somehow ended up in the States, and um, my first through-hike, long-distance through-hike in 2003, and that was the Pacific Crest Trail, then the, the um, Continental Divide Trail the next year, and then the Appalachian Trail the next year, and have kind of been trying to hike a lot uh, since then, uh, you know, taking some times off to work and make money and do other life stuff, and currently working on through my list of the National Scenic Trails, yes. and currently on the North Country Trail. Yeah, can you um, run us through a little bit about that? Because we're recording this, um, for everybody that doesn't know, we're recording this in December, um, and you're still on the trail system. So how's, how's that going a little bit? Oh, it's going great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so the, the idea initially was not to be on the trail in December, but uh, I did have to take some time off and uh which obviously put me behind my original schedule 
uh, I had to take 10 days off for some dental stuff. And then I had promised somebody that I was going to guide them. I'm also a, a hiking guide, usually in the White Mountains in New Hampshire. Beautiful. Um, for uh, Yeah, for redline guiding. And uh, I promised this lady who was section hiking um, the AT that I would help her guide through the Smokies. And so that was a 10-day commitment. So basically 20 days off of my hike that I hadn't really counted on. And uh, and then some days were just slower. And it's kind of like the, the North Country Trail, it looks kind of flat, looks kind of easy. But then with weather and other circumstances, it, it didn't always go as fast as I had hoped. So, um, so here I am in the Upper Peninsula in December, you know, um, going through winter. And I've been pretty lucky that we didn't get hit with snow just yet, you know. Uh, even on the Superior Hiking Trail, they sometimes get snow pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And we had beautiful weather for most of that. I, would, I hiked that section with somebody else. And um, and then finally, the last two days, there was really some, some good snow accumulation. And uh, luckily, my husband came out just three days ago, just in time Ooh. for the good snow. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so I'm very happy with that. But uh, it's definitely getting very wintry and pretty cold. And luckily, we have winter experience. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. You know what the next couple of weeks will will hold, and and if I can make this as a through hike this year. I mean not this year probably if i'm lucky i'll be finishing hopefully before february <laughs> Ooh, yeah <laughs> so yeah and, and apple pie is another for for all of those that don't know apple pie is another one of those special breed of hikers because correct me if i'm wrong here apple pie but i think you've been continuously on a trail with those little interim breaks to guide um what have you for almost a year now if not if not more uh, actually, yeah, more. Um, I started the Potomac Heritage Trail last, uh, so October, late October of not this year, obviously, but the year before. Wow. So I've been on trail basically for over a year. Yeah. The winter doesn't scare scare apple pie. No, well, you know, it takes a while to uh, to get the skills and the gear, and then you know, there's a certain temperature level that you know I'm comfortable with. Uh, last year we came up with the crazy idea of like, oh, let's do a winter AT southbound starting in December on Katahdin. And, uh, that was interesting. I would (laughs) not necessarily recommend it. Um, we thought it was going to be hard and it was about, you know, five times as hard as we, as as we thought it was. Yeah. going to be uh but it was an adventure you know it's a challenge and uh and we, we did okay we just did really we went really slow yeah you know we were down to five miles a day because we couldn't really see the blazes in the dark and nobody treks through the 100 mile wilderness in december so uh so that was exciting but you know with that experience now we kind of know what we need and what we can do and where our limits are kind of yeah w- um so so that we're okay you know out here for now we'll see how cold it gets yeah winter adds a degree of difficulty to any trail system um not just mountainous like you said you're on the nct right now and a lot of people think it's flat but it has those kind of 
t- topographical lines that they're condensed. They they have condensed areas, and the grounds I, I call it chunky. Um, there's more technical name for it out there somewhere, but the ground mm-hmm. the ground is still kind of chunky with your footfalls. So sometimes when you're winter hiking it, I haven't personally done that, but it definitely adds a lot of degrees of difficulty where your miles get dictated towards you by the weather instead of you kind of choosing your own miles. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, people are asking, like, well, what do you think you'll get to so-and-so town? And we're like, I don't know. Like, I could do 10 miles. I could do 15 miles. Well, maybe if there's a roadblock and has been plowed, yeah. you could do 20 miles. You just Like, I was a couple, well, last week, I had one day, I was hiking all day, I did eight and a half miles, and it was so demoralizing. Oh. Uh, but it was a lot, it was fresh snow, I was by myself, the pack's heavy, there was a ton of little up and down, little up and down, little up and down, and I was just looking at my watch and my miles, and I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> wow. <laughs> And then the next day, there is a dirt, there's a roadblock that's mostly plowed, and I'm back to doing 18. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. So there, it's really hard to figure out what you're going to be able to do. And I can yeah. almost, and I can almost guarantee that eight mile day, the output of energy, physically and oh. mentally, was still still like you were doing probably a 30 mile day. Um, you're just oh, I was exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a degree that I don't think a lot of people fully understand until yeah they experience hiking in the snow. So if uh-huh. if you guys don't know from this intro, Apple Pie is one badass hiker. Um, I had cussed on the <laughs> podcast, so I guess there that is. So that kind of transitions us a little well into. I wanted to hop on that a little earlier, but I also wanted to hear the story about all the winter hiking. Um, so kind of how long have you been living half the year on trails and half the year off? I know. This year, I don't, well, I guess I don't know. This year seems like a special year being year-round on trails, but how long has this type of lifestyle, have, have you been living this type of lifestyle? So since I met my husband, uh, Greenleaf, like we've been trying to travel at least the winters. So that's been since, like, I would say we started doing that two 2008 2009 where we where we both have winters off like he has his business that's seasonal and or he's trying to sell the business but uh you know so we traveled december january february march you know and Mm -hmm. try to find hikes or or countries that will work for us in winter time and uh yeah so that basically since 2008 2009 we've been doing that Okay. So tr- and then, uh, yeah, trying to find hikes and stuff that are like the New Zealand trail we did, you know, because that worked well for us and the uh, Arizona trail and Florida trail and you know, all that stuff that you can, you can easily do in winter, uh, and not be cold. Um, yeah. Yeah. I gotta say apple pie. Um, you keep on knocking off all these trails from, I know, <laughs> I think it was you and I don't know if it was you or Buck, but, um, I wanted to say trail systems, and then I stopped myself. Knocking off all these trail, yeah. Let's go. Let's go ahead and say trail systems. Um, you're knocking them off so fast. You're gonna have to. They're gonna have to create, start creating new ones quicker. Well, you know, there's always stuff that you kind of think like, oh, we could hike the, the Arizona Trail again. Yeah. Like that was a cool trail, and uh, uh, then there's trails that have alternates. You know, like uh, when I did the Pacific Northwest Trail, my first section was in 2007 when there wasn't much information out there there weren't really any good maps out there there wasn't really anybody hiking it and um 
And now I looked at the, uh, uh, what is it called now, the Far Out Guides app. Yeah. It used to be Godhook. And uh, and I looked at what, what the trail is now, and it's all different routes. Oh, and yeah. And I'm just like, oh, well, when I did it, it was way up over there. And that was, so it would be kind of cool to hike that again. And uh, Greenleaf hasn't hiked the entire trail yet. We did the last section together the olympic national park but he hasn't hiked the rest of it yet so we we could hike that again um or you can make up your own thing you know like look at an area like hey that sounds like a cool place let's go there um i don't know and i think plenty of stuff to do yeah and i think even through the olympic national park as of 2019 i think there were like four routes you could take Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we took the bushwhack route that didn't exist. Did you do that too? <laughs> I forget. It was like a straight cut through over like three passes in a small amount of miles. Honestly, I forget what the route was called. Um, it just looked like the most interesting one for us. By chance, did you guys have the, back in 2007, did you guys have the lion's head alternate that year? Uh, I did that. Uh, that was my 2012 section, I think. Okay. When I did the lion. So I didn't do the alternate. I stayed down below and slipped oh. and fell in the creek and then drowned my um, my little electronic device that I used to. Uh, the pocket mail was in use then. Oh, um, that I, I drowned. Or oh, that might have been 2000. That was 2007 still. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I fell it, in the creek. That was great. Everybody um, I've heard that has done the lower route of the lion's head. They've all told me they've seen the devil in different forms. So was it no, as? It was, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. It just took forever. And yeah, that's why I started walking through the creek because that was easier than bushwhacking around the creek. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, then I fell in. So it didn't work out so well. Oh, that, that's, a, that's, that's rough. But that's a cool mentality <laughs> to have. Um, you're kind of one of the first guests that we've had that talks about revisiting trails more um could you unpack yeah i don't know yeah could you you unpack that a little bit because i think a lot of people don't fully understand why some people would go back to a trail to rehike it i know the pnt you were talking about like there's alternates all of that type of stuff but something like the pct at where a lot of the route is pretty much defined um i think pct just has fire closure alternates but why would why would what what motivates you to go back and want to rehike a trail system Sometimes it's like visiting an old friend, too. I think that's with the AT. Even though the AT wasn't my favorite trail when I hiked it, um, now it's like, oh, it's this old friend that, you know, it's it's nice and it's kind of easy in a way. Like, it's familiar. Yeah. But you're you're still hiking. So it's still like you're doing a thing you love. And it's, uh, I mean, and then you can also do it in a different season. Like, let's do it in winter because why not? Uh, (laughs) um, You know, Uh, but yeah. And then like, uh, maybe you can take a different alternate or, um, or, it's not as stressful as the first time. The first time you don't quite know what's going on and you're like, well, where do I go? Where does my RV supply? What to expect? And, um, and you notice different things too. Like, uh, Greenleaf hadn't done a section of the desert of the Pacific Crest Trail when he hiked his, um, well, attempt of the through hike of the yeah, Pacific Crest Trail. And so it was like, well, let's do that one in wintertime because it's the desert. It won't be as, uh, it won't be as hot. Yeah. And we hiked a section southbound and I didn't recognize anything. I was like, did I hike this? I don't remember <laughs> it. 
Um, so it's kind of neat sometimes. You just, you know, you, you experience it in a different time or a different mindset or a different direction, and it just looks different or different people, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that still can make it more interesting, even if you've already hiked the, the whole thing before. Yeah, it's, it's a feeling of nostalgia that kind of brings you back. And I yeah. think where some people... I don't. I want. I don't want to use the term "go wrong," but I think where some people kind of make an assumption of if they want to revisit the AT, maybe five years, ten years down the line, because they loved it the first time, and then they get out there for a week or two, they get frustrated because I think they're trying to re-hike their old hike, which is impossible. You you can't. Right. You can't have the same scenario. You can't have the same people. You can't. The your mentality is different. There's a lot of different factors, but it sounds like you go into it like knowing it's going to be completely different and you're not only okay with that but like you look forward to it yeah i mean it's never going to be like you know like you're and that's the one thing like your first hike it's nothing is ever going to be like your first through hike you know we're all just chasing that high still kind of a little bit right it's (laughs) that adventure and that first experience and wow like that it's never going to be like that um But, it, you know, different new new hikes will have different experiences and, and different excitement. Um, but, yeah, like revisiting that same trail, it's not going to be the same. Definitely yeah. not. So you're going to look for different things and trying to change it up, like direction or, or people or season or, you know, stuff like that. And that makes it interesting again, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry I haven't done my full research here, but have you hiked um rehiked like a full trail system before i know you said you were going for the winter hike of the at like have you redone the full pct redone the full cdt or are you no you're no i haven't done any full hikes uh because there's still too many other hikes to do yeah uh you know so like as long as i'm interested in doing different hikes uh that that i can do i'll do a new hike um but i have revisited sections in different seasons okay and and that's been fun i mean the the winter at was supposed to be a through hike but just we just kind of ran out of time and and green had to go back to work that wasn't expected okay um but yeah i haven't done any full through hikes again but maybe later yeah is is that on the (laughs) radar is that something that kind of entices you or is that just still so far in the future it's kind of like that not even not even focusing on that right now. Um, Greenleaf has mentioned a few things that yeah. he would like to return and do at least a northern section of the um, PCT again because he thinks he would enjoy it more if we could both hike that together. Okay, and and because we did that separate, and uh, and I would like to rehike the entire Pacific Northwest Trail again yes. and the Arizona Trail. But there's, yeah, there's other hikes that I still want to do. So there's a whole list of new things, shorter hikes that I haven't done yet, and then maybe rehiking some of our favorites together. And hmm. uh, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff still. You know, maybe traveling again, different countries. You know, yes, um, yeah, and sh- yeah, lots of stuff. And sharing the journey with a partner gives it a completely different flavor too. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, so I'm sorry, apple pie. We have been. I'm sorry, everybody that's listening to the podcast right now. This is called Off Trail, but you can see that once two hikers start geeking out about trail that they can get lost in trail pretty easily. Um, but you you okay to start moving into a couple of the off trail questions? You ready for the, the big bulk of it? I don't know. We'll oh, see. The palms are sweaty. The palms are sweaty. As, <laughs> as always, 
the first one um, makes it makes the palms the sweatiest. The big talking point that a lot of people usually don't ask, don't want answered, or kind of somewhere in between there is finances. So when you're off trail, how do you manage your money? How do you manage your time? How do you manage like your work environment? Um, everybody's different. Everybody's answer is always different. But um, yeah, could you walk me through that, please? Um, so both Green Nova and I don't really spend a lot of money. Yep. Uh, so we li- we have a small loft, and uh, basically our money goes to food or backpacking gear or maybe plane tickets. Mm-hmm. Um. So we were yeah we pretty much watch our money. Yeah. I'm pretty frugal, and uh, so there's that part that we don't need as much money because we don't spend as much money and as a job um i'm a a hiking guide when i'm around Uh and uh i also make dolls out of socks um that you know uh, people can order online whenever i have stock and my website actually works and my online shop isn't broken (laughs) um (laughs) greenleaf had his well he still has his own tree service but he's trying to sell it that Mm -hmm. um so and we've been saving a lot uh for his business from his business so yeah so so don't spend we don't we don't spend a lot of money and i have these two jobs that are very free and like whenever i work for somebody with the guiding yeah um so i I can tell him hey i'm home please please put me on the schedule (laughs) um and uh, and with the dolls that i put on facebook or instagram it's like hey i'm available to make stuff please order stuff because i need the money um that's kind of how that goes um yeah yeah i think so far your answer has been the most creative um i haven't heard uh doll anybody answer doll maker um how, how did you how did you even yeah how did you even find that that was a job or field that was available to you did you kind of just stumble into it or you just started making yeah. dolls and started started listening then so uh let's see i moved to massachusetts and i was making i was taking really well i thought cool photographs mm-hmm. um and uh i was trying to sell them online not online um i was trying to sell them at crafters and uh, that was okay i made some money mostly selling just postcards and stuff because mm-hmm. it's just hard to you know sell photographs mm-hmm. um Def- unless you're like you unless you're like really really good and put a lot of effort and time into it and presenting your booth and all of that with the craft fair stuff yes and um and and technically i wasn't really all that great to be honest so (laughs) (laughs) um so i did that and i'd always made some sort of dolls uh the last um like was it more like Waldorf inspired dolls mm-hmm. and so I had, a, I had a little art studio in Lowell Massachusetts and uh somebody gave me this book on sock dolls because she liked the photography in it more than anything and I was like oh that looks interesting <laughs> so I just uh I got some um some techniques out of it it's like oh embroidery and making clothes and you know for dolls and all kinds of stuff and uh, and so then the more I made them, the more I made them 
like unique to what I was doing or what I was interested in. It's like, oh, let's like let's make little hikers out of him. And, mm-hmm. Oh, let's make give, give them little buffs and little sweaters, like hikers. Like, oh, well, now they have fleece sweaters. Aww. And um, so that's kind of uh, yeah, kind of stumbled into it that way. And it's kind of funny because looking back when I was you know growing up as a kid. I really enjoyed making like little clothes for my dolls and I liked, you know, crocheting and all of that stuff. So, yeah, wow. but I never thought that that could be something that you made money with, that, you know. That's so, that's very creative yeah. creative because the vast majority of people that hike or people that kind of do outdoors for most of the years and then need a job to finance the outdoors, they kind of go for the steady paycheck. They go for the 9 to 5 or they know for want to go for something that yeah, we'll have steady income, but was was that nerve-wracking? Um, I'm, I'm curious, was that nerve-wracking because you would get off trail and it was something that you were passionate about and that you could create and set your own hours, set your own time, but then it wasn't something that was, you knew the exact kind of monetary value that you would be getting. Um, was that nerve-wracking? Um, so in the beginning, I still worked at uh, Eastern Mountain Sports, you okay. know, part-time. And, S- supplemented uh, it then, okay. So- yeah, so I had that, and then like, I got pretty busy with the dolls, and then at some point I was like, okay, I'm doing all these craft fairs, and um, I couldn't do both, because it always takes me a little while to get back into being creative, mm-hmm. so then when I worked, you know, an X amount of days per week, and then I had like a half a day that I would get back into making stuff, and I'm like, okay, this is, I, I don't have enough time to do both, and then I was like... Having, you know, having Rich as, as a as a backup with his own business, that made it a little less nerve-wracking, but yeah. you still want to make enough money that, you know, you're not dependent yeah. um, either. So, uh, but that took away a lot of the, just this doing both at the same time for a while, um, have made it, it less, less uh, nerve-wracking, yeah. Having many streams that kind of feed the river and eventually, yeah, it's having a lot of or a lot of branches to a tree. Now I'm on a just metaphor kick. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I so, need like more. I need like one or two more branches really to <laughs> to actually make a living. One or two more branches. Well, ho- hopefully, yeah. hopefully this can help um, help the doll traffic a little bit, so we can uh, plug all your stuff at the yeah. end and give you a platform. So people people should check it out. Um. If you just don't want to learn more about apple pie alone with how interesting she is, also go check out her dolls. That, that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, the finances one, that kind of answers the question in a different way because, like I said, a lot of the guests we had kind of had quote-unquote classic jobs, but this is mm. kind of a new avenue into something that opens up that if you, cre- yeah, if you create something, you just have to be okay with kind of the process and kind of going with the flow and seeing where, where it takes you and it always is good to have that supplementary income just in case but if you if you want to make it work you can make it work and that's kind of what what you do it sounds like yeah it's i mean it is a little scary like when you when you jump into just being a full-time artist you know like stuff like that that. and if you like i said like i was lucky that i had my husband um as a as a safety net a little bit you know that that really helped um with that yeah cool Well, that kind of covers the finances part, and what kind of I like to do is a little bit of half and half. So finances and work is kind of what all people have to do once they complete a trail system, unless money rained down upon them from the heavens, like the rain and the snow. (laughs) Um, They got to get back to work. But when they're also off trail, you kind of have to balance work with hobbies. 
um, hobbies to keep you physically in shape, hobbies to keep you mentally in shape. Um, you just need balance. You need balance in life. So, um, yeah, what are your hobbies, Apple Pie? What, what do you like to do off of trail that kind of keeps you grounded and keeps you keeps you healthy, keeps you happy? I guess I just I either hike or I make dolls. <laughs> <laughs> that is a reoccurring. Okay, that is a reoccurring theme with a couple. I do of like guests. to read. I like to read. Yeah. <laughs> or watch crappy, you know, reality TV. But I wouldn't say that that's a hobby necessarily. <laughs> I don't. I don't know because I just had the I had the chat with Buck the other day, and he kind of answered the same same way. He said one of his hobbies was actually watching TV, and I think there's a stigma around it for there's a difference between watching tv mindlessly and then choosing to watch tv and finding enjoyment in that and Mm -hmm. i think it's fair i mean i think it's fair you you spend so much time on trail it's more than fair to enjoy a show and like view it for enjoyment so i i that that is considered a hobby i I definitely think that's fair it's it's relaxation and you know and i I like to watch documentaries too i like to watch documentaries on people that do stuff that i don't ever want to do like you know climbing everest or the ultra marathoners or all that kind of stuff that i'm like yeah that sounds so unappealing (laughs) uh but but cool and the images are great and i love to learn about why people do that but uh, so like I like to watch documentaries on other people doing those things, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not gonna do them. Huh. <laughs> or like the the eco challenge. Do you watch that? The eco challenge. I haven't. I, I haven't like seen that. the eco challenge. What What is the eco challenge? Um, I guess they. Well, I guess this shows my age. Like, uh, oh, years back they had a. Uh, they just and it just came back the um the adventure racing. That's what it is. Adventure racing. So, uh, yeah, adventure racing. Well, people go out and they have to do these grueling, like, oh, it could be two days, it can be a week. Uh, there's mountain biking, there's hiking, there's running, there's sometimes swimming. And it's usually, they try to, since it's a race, they try not to sleep too much because they want to win. And and it's, just, it's grueling. You should look it up, adventure racing. Um, I, something I don't want to do, but I, I like watching other people do. But, so, anyways... That is really interesting, though, because it's coming from you who yourself are, I'm gonna go ahead and say an extreme athlete for endurance, and you like to watch other people going after other athletic feats when you're off trail when you actually get to relax. So you still, I think your mind is still looking for that, I guess, endorphin rush from athleticism, but you're like, okay, but I I need to relax, fuel myself, rest up. Um, I'll watch somebody else suffer for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> makes sense right it does it does make a lot of sense um yeah i actually watched uh i think magpie and i watched what was it called 14 summits have you have you heard of that Mm-mm, no it's um this gentleman that is from nepal and he actually in six months and a few days he summited all the mountains that are over oh i'm gonna butcher the number i think it was like over twenty thousand feet or something in like okay. in like six months, which is oh, ridiculous. Um, wow. Yeah, so we were watching that, and I'm like, yeah, it looks fun, but I don't want to be suffering right now. I'm I'm enjoying my off time. <laughs> enjoying right? my off time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I'm curious a little bit too because the mentality sounded very similar to another person we had on earlier. I'm curious now. Do you like walking when you're off trail? I like I do like walking. Yeah. Even if it's um, not necessarily around cities as much, but I do like being in in motion and um, yeah, 
I like bicycling more, okay. but not so much in the States. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like my bike pass. You know, I'm from Holland. I like my bike pass. Yes. Uh, uh, but, uh, um, and that's what I used to do in, in Holland. Like, I would never really walk or hike in Holland. I would just, I would just bike everywhere. Hmm. And and that was fun. Like we'd go to the dunes, and then there's all these bike paths to the dunes, and you can you know go to the beach and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, walking in Holland, I, I didn't really do when I was growing up there. Um, hmm. But then like now when I go back, I'm like, oh, I wonder what the walking trails here are. And so I did some research and found some. There's a lot of like there's a big network of walking trails, but it's a lot more like when you're on, on, on bike paths and stuff like that, unless you're like going through the dunes and sort of more nature places. But yeah, I wonder, I wonder if that's a result. Um, because now this is two people in a row that have told us the same thing. I wonder if that's a result of aggressively going after miles for so long on trail systems that by the time you're done, I don't want to say that it loses flavor, but walking is your mentality revolves around it and focuses it on trail. It doesn't really focus it on, I'm just going to go for a wander for a few miles. Um, am mm. I am I saying that correctly? Is, is Did I catch that correctly from you or did I misread that? Yeah, I'm like, I've never, I don't think I've ever done that. Just go around, go for a walk. Huh, that's so curious. That, that, yeah. uh, that, that really blows my mind because two of the yeah. most intense hikers that i consider in my opinion that i consider have both given very similar answers in that in that field that's i think you guys just get after the miles so hard for so long it's just you need a break you need a mental physical break in so many different ways i think some i think it's more or less like a little bit with biking like um i mean like i did say just like i I would go like for a bike ride through the dunes but it's sort of like a means to an end. Like I do it to get somewhere or to see something or to explore something. Okay. So that just going around the block, eh, I don't know. It just doesn't, that's not really what my mind is doing, I guess, or wants to do. So it's very goal oriented then. Um, Kind of, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's not the quote unquote big goal of point A to point B on a through hike, even doing something is like, well, I'm going to go walk to the grocery store. I'm going to go walk to go see this specific pond. It's not, I'm going to go walk for a mile or two and see where that brings me. It's maybe, maybe it's, yeah, your mind has focused on goal, has associated goals with walking for so long that it kind of just, that's its baseline. That's what it recognizes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I did when I, when I walk, well, no, when I live close to a place that I work, you know, I, I, and I, I do like to walk there versus like you know taking a car yeah uh, but then I think I prefer biking over walking for that stuff yes yeah. sorry I, di- I didn't mean to go into too much of a tangent off of this it's just very inter- <laughs> it's just it's just very interesting to me um, mm-hmm. my, my mind's trying to find associations with like the most intense walkers I know hikers I know. And then, and then it's kind of just like, well, I like walking for a goal. It's just very, very fun to me. But we'll move on. Um, did you? Sorry about how long that tangent was. Um, so <laughs> you can cut it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I can. I don't. I don't know. I, I like the flavors of. I, I like the flavors of stories too. Do you want me to cut it out? Oh no, I'm fine. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoy seeing where the thought goes. Um, 
Yeah, it was just Which is not, just not a question that I've ever really asked myself. Do I like walking for a purpose? Do I like walking for exploring? Or do I just like the movement? Hey, Apple, I guess it's a combination, you know. That's why we're here, Apple Pie. We're asking the real yeah. serious in-depth Ask, questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you like walking? <laughs> asking somebody, do they like walking that's been walking for a year? The real deep questions. <laughs> um. Okay, so that's kind of the big big things the work and the hobbies and you also have to juggle more stuff when you're off trail because when you're spending off trail time more likely than not you're thinking about on trail time so how do you go about planning your next trails um for the upcoming year for the next year what is your planning process like what do you look for how in depth do you go can you walk me through a little bit about how you plan your next hike sometimes it's a hike that has been like on my mind that I was like oh I've, I want to do this hike it sounds intriguing like I had that for the Hayduke trail okay. where I was like oh I really want to do this hike and but you know but then it was kind of tough because I couldn't find anybody to hike it with and I kind of wanted to hike it with somebody because mm-hmm. it, it just you know sounded so scary and uh yeah uh, and challenging. So that one had been on my list for a while, on my mental list. And then some stuff just kind of happens like, oh, maybe we should do this. Or, oh, that sounds fun. Or, um, and, and then, you know, once, once, once I've decided to do something, then, you know, like I do the, the research and I'm old school. So I try to find, oh, first, you know, I'm going to, first I'll look if Buck 30 has hiked it. And then I'll, <laughs> I'll see if he has a good journal about it and yep. some, you know, a nice little write up. Yep. And uh, uh, so I go, yeah, that's, that's usually what I first go to. It's like, has Buck 30 hiked it? And usually he has, you know, so yeah. that's very helpful. Um, <laughs> you know, on the occasion that he hasn't done it, like for the Potomac Heritage Trail, I had to do my own research. It was really, oh. really annoying. <laughs> I actually, I think I used some of your GPX tracks. Um, I think you had, oh. I think you had sent them to Buck or something along yeah. those lines, and you yeah. had done a lot of different looking at routes in the southern part of Maryland. I think, yeah, I think those mm-hmm. were your GPX tracks. Yeah, I sent them to Buck Thirty, and then he probably gave them to you or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that was like, I finally, I finally got to like you know give back to him it's like hey this is my research you can use my research for a change apple pie um, you give back to a lot of hikers not not just Baca. <laughs> so uh yeah so i usually go and look uh now you know look online and and see if there's guidebooks see if there's maps mm-hmm. uh see if there's journals because i like to read and look at maps okay uh you, you uh, I guess I did try to find some YouTube videos for the North Country Trail, but I just am not a YouTube person. They're um, they're hard to watch sometimes. Um, well, I know intimately, but <laughs> they're <laughs> they're they're hard to watch sometimes because you're watching the trail, and then more likely than not, you're going to be watching the flavor of the hiker that's hiking that trail, and not everybody's everybody's flavor. So, um, mm-hmm, true. Yeah, it's 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 dependent. It's dependent on which ones you find like the AT has thousands so you could probably find one that you have fun with if they're edited down correctly you might watch them all but yeah these lesson right. trails it's a little harder to find that type of content right and, and yep. enjoy it and actually watch it <laughs> right yeah yeah so uh, but yeah that's kind of the planning process sometimes it just you know it's like oh like let's do this next month and sometimes it's been something that's been on my mind for a while but it's like oh finally i'm gonna do this and 
Could, um, yeah. Could you walk me through a little bit about how you plan this year? Because like you said, you've been on trail over a year. So leading up to that, I'm assuming that you probably had the AT planned and the NCT and then you built in around it. Can you, can, can you kind of walk me through how you plan this year specifically? Um, so let's see. So I planned the Potomac Heritage Trail, then the winter hiking on the AT didn't take too much planning. So we did that in a couple days. Okay. Um, yeah, we made sure that we had enough fuel canisters. I think that was the hardest <laughs> challenge because they were kind of low um, in provision at that point. Yeah. Uh, and then we were trying to figure out how to do main and what roads would be navigable and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then I thought we, I would start, I thought I would start the NCT in North Dakota in May. That was the original, original plan. Oh, I didn't actually know that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was the original plan. I was going to start in North Dakota in May and then just go straight through. Yeah. But then, you know, then I broke uh, broke one tooth and tooth, and then the other tooth needed to come out too. So then everything just kind of got uh, wonky. Mm-hmm. And um, um, things got... So then I got, I got started a little earlier and in the middle because I figured that was closer to home and I would just walk, kind of walk towards home until I would have to go to the dentist again to get, you know, um, and so that's how things got just wonky. Okay. So it sounds, it sounds like (laughs) not a lot of planning really that happened that actually worked out the way I thought it would. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That seems what, that seems a reoccurring theme too is like, but the key, the key also sounds like it's flexibility. So Instead of being discouraged, like, oh, I didn't get to do it this way, you just kind of pivoted and you said, okay, I'm going to still do it. I'm just going to have to do it a different way because life happens. Um, you can't plan for oh, yeah. You can't plan for life. Life is always going to throw something at you. So, no, I, I think that's something we learned when we were doing the um, Continental Divide Trail. It was like flexibility is key because we had to change up our plans and our routes so much or we would take a wrong turn and be like, oh, crap now we're <laughs> not where we thought we would be either backtrack or plan a different route with our you know our delorum atlas and look and see what we could do to get back to where we you know yes uh we, i think that hike really taught me that you know flexibility is key and and just figure it out as you go and, mm-hmm. and see what happens and yeah i think the cdt um is a very good trail for that type of learning curve like Oh, yeah. Because one, it's still one of the big three trails, so you still get enough people around that you don't feel completely isolated and you don't feel completely alone. But you still have to really know know how to navigate, really know how to let go of quote-unquote plans all the time and kind of just go with the flow, and then it gives you the skills to grow off of that. But I think you, everybody that has gone on to do more and more trails, you have to have a trail like that that makes you let go, that makes you say, okay, I got to just go with the flow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I did the CDT, there was no, you know, there was no app on your phone. There was no smartphones. Oh. Uh, so we were going with, with maps and guidebooks. And uh, I, some of the guidebooks, uh, it said uh, it has a landmark uh, clump of trees, puddle. <laughs> and we're like, this is a landmark? Okay. <laughs> So, um, so that that was the guidebook, um, and then we had um, we had some maps that were decent, um, 
uh, but no GPS coordinates on them. You could use a GPS with them, but then you had to do some weird wonky thing to figure out where you really were. Yeah. Um, so we did that occasionally. <laughs> we would be like, oh, are we still on? Oh, no, we're not on trail anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, we missed this junction. And I did hike that one with other people because yeah. I didn't want to do that by myself. And uh, yeah, you look- so, so this CDT was very challenging for us. Um, yeah. We did that in 2004. Wow. Uh, so yeah, we definitely learned a lot of flexibility there. <laughs> I'm so curious about the puddle one. It's like there's three puddles at this road junction. Look for the bi- <laughs> look for the bigger puddle after it has rained exactly 10 centimeters. <laughs> that is, that's uh, the clump of trees clump of trees was the best one i think yeah. the puddle i might have made up but i think it was in there but it was definitely several clump of trees i'm like come on really that's a landmark yeah uh, yeah i mean in a desert maybe maybe <laughs> but it also is contingent on the desert like maybe mm-hmm. oh man that's rough uh, props apple pie yeah. props yeah that was funny oh man all right so that's kind of, yeah, the, the planning, it sounds like you kind of just go with the flow. So we're going to kind of transition here. Again, I'm, I'm getting lost on tangents, but we're going to kind of transition here into another big thing that happens a lot with hikers off trail. It's the family friends connection, um, the family friends connection slash disconnection. What as you've continued hiking, how have you learned to kind of manage those relationships? Um, what has changed? Like, have they grown with you? What have you learned through that process? How do you, yeah, how do you manage the family and friends connection when you're spending so much time on trail systems? Um, well, so nowadays it's a lot easier with, you know, cell phones and, and internet and social media and all of that stuff. So I try to just stay in touch with people, yep. um, you know, and uh, um, call and, and text and, and uh, my good friends, you know, whenever I have service, I'll, even if it's just an emoji or whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, like a little smiley face or a little kissy face or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So just to let them know that I, I, I think about them. Uh, and then they send something back and they, you know, like encouraging, you know, little messages. And it doesn't have to be much, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, I'm thinking about you or, you know, oh, you're doing so great. Or even if you feel like you're doing shit, you know, somebody says you're doing great. Yeah. That really is uh, is super sweet. So, um, yeah, so I, I have a, a bunch of people that I keep in touch with and um, that I just try to, uh, try to you know, give attention to and then they'll, you know, give it right back to me. So that's really wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I just, like, it's it, nowadays that's so much easier than, than when I started, when it was like, oh, is there a payphone in town? Yeah. Oh, where's what's my calling card number? <laughs> oh, now I got to try to, you know, and then, like, people were waiting, or yeah. you're just like, really, I have to go stand outside at the payphone to talk to somebody, and um, I wasn't very good at staying in touch with people. I'd call my mom when I got to town, you mm-hmm. know, um, and, um, and, yeah, so nowadays... <clears throat> that's a, it's a lot easier i feel like um because yeah and if i put effort into it they put effort into it and i get it right back you know so i like what you said there too is it doesn't have to be complicated it can be very simple mm-hmm. um you can just yeah. let them know that you're thinking about them because if they've been yeah your family or your friends for this long at this point i think they can understand as much as people that don't actively through hike can understand they they understand your time is not your own at a certain point is your time's precious like you can't choose when you have cell signal you can't choose when 
when you're on the trail that you're going to have the time to have a full conversation, an hour conversation with them. You might just have that five seconds to check in with them. But I like that. That's a really cool answer, Apple Pie. Just the simplicity, letting them know that you think about them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, and that, that, that it does the same for me. Like if somebody just sends me a little message, like I, I have my inreach going too, where, you know, with the tracking and people send messages through there and, and people will be like, Hey, you're doing great. You know, mm-hmm. I'll see you're over here or see you made it over there. And, um, just, just that little, just, a, just one phrase, you know, it really lifts your mood. So if, if, if I do that for them and they do that for me, I mean, that's really great. And you stay, you stay in touch and, was yeah, was, there, was there was there there definitely was it sounded like because you said back when you had to go find a payphone and all that stuff but was there, was there a learning curve from what you could see with your friends and family as well were they trying to figure out how best to I guess I guess what I'm saying is like how best to love you and how best to be there for you um, or was it kind of you guys were both learning together through how to how to function and still have that relationship while you're spending so much time on trail. I think in the I think when I first started through hiking, I didn't really pay enough attention to friends and family, maybe. Yeah. But I also was like, I mean, I'd moved to a different country, yes. So I already wasn't in touch as much, you yes. know. Um, but uh, so I'm so I'm very happy. Oh, and I did I did try to do like the trail journals, you know, before Facebook, before all this other stuff. Before social media, mm-hmm. uh, I posted on trailjournals.com and I thought that maybe my family and friends would read the journals and, and turns out they weren't the one reading their journals, but, you know, unknown people were reading the journals. So that was cool, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah so I wasn't in touch as much um, then uh, as I am now. So, okay. um, I, I, yeah. I think that's going to just be a forever conflict of the trade, so to say. Um, in those beginning years you're you're learning how to hike you're learning how to manage your own time you're learning how all these things that a lot of people really don't think you kind of have to learn to live this type of life and friends and family is a big one and you have to learn how to continue those relationships because relationships take effort in any context and i think i think that's going to be a reoccurring theme every growth of a hiker has those initial years that it's that learning process so all right, that, that's I like the simplicity. I, I love that. I love that comment, Apple Pie. That was awesome. Um, all right, so this kind of ties in again to the family friends. Um, a little on the other side of the fence there, but who had the biggest impact on you in this field? Um, this kind of lifestyle. It could be another family. It could be a, a family member. It could be a friend. It could be another hiker, loved one. Kind of who gave you that support that even showed you that this life was an acceptable not acceptable, but an alternative life that you could live? Um, I don't really know. (laughs) You might have just started so Um, early, you just kind of went out there and figured it out. Yeah, I just, you know, I kind of just, I started and kind of just wanted to keep going. Never really had an example or so to speak, you know. It was like, oh, so-and-so is doing this, I should do this. Uh, Hmm. Not, not really. I mean, like, I just started hiking and backpacking when I still lived in Europe for, you know, I started hiking in, in Switzerland and then kind of just, you know, got into doing the bigger trips and um, kind of just wanted to keep going. So I mean, it, there was like one, like one book where what I read when I was in, in, um, this is not family and friends, but that, that inspired me and prepared me for what a long distance hike could be like, uh, 
you know, like I read Cindy Ross's, uh, I think it's called Journey on the Crest. And that kind of prepared me for like, oh, you know what? Hey, it's not always going to be, you know, fun and games when you're out there hiking. Mm -hmm. And uh, but, you know, she she had her ups and downs in that. And uh, and then I'm like, I'm on the trail. I'm like, oh, well, you know what? It's just like real life. There's ups and downs. It's not always, you know, rainbows and unicorns. It's (laughs) you have your moods, you have your good days, you have your bad days. So that was kind of a, a good book to read um okay and i think my 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 mom did uh support me in a way that she kind of understood the urge to travel okay um so so she never said like oh why are you doing this with your life you know like you should be doing something useful or um so i guess that's support yeah um yeah she she understood why i wanted to do it it sounds like a lot of it wasn't like a one person that was a big impetus that said oh, you can go hike the Appalachian Trail or Pacific Crest Trail. It's, it sounds, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like there were a lot of these factors of just like how you were living life initially. Like you love to travel and um, you've read a couple books and then your mom was very supportive. It sounds like there was a lot of these factors that kind of just let you live life and let you figure it out yourself. And then you had that internal drive to just keep going. Yeah, like I always travel. Like, I mean, going from, I think like living, uh, growing up in Holland, everybody just, you know, takes more time off and travels more. Yeah. Uh, so it's not as big of a deal. And like when I was in, in, after high school, I went to live in France for a year, you know, as, as au pair and taking care of kids. And then when I was in college, I took a semester off and lived in France for a year again. And, you know, so there was always this kind of like, oh, I'll just take off for a while and do this. And I'll take off for a while and do this other thing and hmm. so yeah i guess it's it, it wasn't that big of a deal or that that i just always wanted to go do stuff and explore and i don't know yeah it's very on par for what i have learned more in depth about you and what everybody that is listening has learned about you so far on the podcast it's just you kind of just let, let yourself be free and choose it as you go um you let yourself mm-hmm. just be open to having to change, having to having to grow in different ways and you just kind of hopped on the ride and let it let it take you where it would take you. Planning is not my forte. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, again it, it's it's varying levels with a lot of hikers, but a lot of hikers I think do like that mentality of just hop on a trail and go. Um it's it's a beautiful right. mentality. There's a beautiful thing in that not specifically knowing what you're going into. Um cool. Um all right, so that that kind of answered the question, um, all these little streams again. So another kind of on par question with this is how has the trail community itself embraced you? Um, that could be anything from trail angels, trail family, um, friends for life, partners, the relationships built, like how has the broad trail community embraced you? Um, let's see. So that was actually a thing that I never really anticipated starting the long distance hiking, that there would be that community. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, I think because there was no social media, I was just like, well, I'm going to go for a walk in the woods, yeah. you know, and I'm going to have this nature experience. And and then suddenly, like, you're surrounded by people who want to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And and you're all having, you know, the same goals. And, uh, and then you meet people that you really click with. And uh, some friends that I met, some people that I met on the PCT in 03, I'm, I'm like, some of my best friends, Burrito, like yeah. I met her on in 03 and we've, we've traveled a bunch and just, 
you know, got oh, so she did a, uh, most of the New Zealand trail with me, and uh, so so that's like yeah, lifelong friend I would say. And uh, for the troll family who I met on the AT, I lived with them for a while when I was kind of like oh, I don't know where I'm living. I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they were like oh, you can come live with us for a while. I was like okay. So, and then lately, the trail angels along this trail here, especially since, like, oh, Wisconsin, Michigan, I had a lot of people in, in Ohio, too, that are just, you know, trail angeling and hosting, and I've not had that so much, because when you're on the busy trails, you don't experience that as much, you know, you're always yeah. in hostels and or motels, and, and here, it's like, oh, you can stay at my house, and we'll cook you dinner, and wow. so that the trail, the trail angels around here on the North Country Trail, it's amazing. It's been it's been overwhelming. That, it really has been wonderful. Wow, that that's but that that's I want to touch on that as well. But I also want to touch on the going into it and not really knowing there's community there because yeah, back in two thousand two, um, when you started hiking. Yeah, there's not social media. There's not websites upon website. There's not videos upon videos. It's just kind of you find something tucked into a corner there talking about a trail. And you're probably going out there maybe thinking you're going to run into maybe somebody else that's wandering or hiking out there. But you don't really know that there's a trail community, I guess. No, I had no idea. Wow. Like I said, I just thought I was going to go for a wilderness walk and, and, you know, I was going to be maybe I had a friend that was going to start with me for a few weeks and and then I was going to have somebody hike with me through the Sierra and then I had some friends from Holland who were going to hike with me for a few weeks and and my mom was going to come out for a little section and that's all I knew that I was going to hike with people. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, then you... You meet some people that you really click with and hike with for a while. And, uh, yeah, I had no idea that that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a very cliche saying out there, and you're going to laugh at me for even using it now. Um, the, tra- the trail provides. And <laughs> even going into that in 2002, it's maybe not even something that you yourself necessarily wanted or needed. But then when it was there and it was provided and you grew these relationships – um, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you really, really appreciated and loved that, and it gave you like kind of energy to keep keep going and keep experiencing more and more trails. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, like it was part of it. That's like, and that's part of like why it was so hard at the end when you're done and you you're like, wow, all my friends are gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I think it's part of it. it's like you want to keep making new friends. When I started the AT. You know, I really was looking forward to finding, you know, kindred spirits again or whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, but and, and I think the, the the most important thing for me on the Appalachian Trail really was the people because it wasn't for me. It wasn't the trail that I really enjoyed. It was, you know, just a lot of forests and not mm-hmm. that many views. And I was spoiled by the PCT and the CDT. You know, when you have your open vistas yeah. and you've got your, you know, all of the wildlife and then you're on the AT and you're like, oh, okay, this is different. And so I was like, well, I'll just, I'll just hike with people and then I'll have fun. Yeah. You know, oh, and that was how I got through the desert on the PCT too. It's like, wow, this is really challenging. It's so hot. It's, it's not fun. And, and I said, like, well, I'll just find a fun group of people to hang out with, and then, then we'll get through the desert together. Hmm. Um, yeah, but I had not anticipated that ahead oh. of time, no. 
Yeah, and I want to touch quickly on the NCT Trail Angels you talked about too. I, I apologize for how long this has taken. We still have a few questions if you're able to go on for a little bit longer. But I, w- I wanted to touch on the NCT Trail Angels. Is Yeah, the NCT North Country Trail doesn't necessarily have a quote-unquote trail community with other hikers because there's not a lot of through hikers. Um, there's there's quite a few section hikers, but again, not during winter time. But it sounds like the trail community in the sense of trail angels really showed up for you. Yeah, especially lately. I mean, lately I've, I've really, you know, really appreciated it and needed it. It's beautiful. And, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean like, and it's been interesting, like the different chapters, uh, are taking care of me, so to speak. Like I'll, I'll, I'll go from one section where, you know, there's a, there, the, the NCT has all these different chapters mm-hmm. that take care of the trails and coordinate because it's such a big trail. And, uh, and then somebody's like, Oh, I'll, I'll send, you know, the, the chapter president, the next chapter, I'll send them an email <laughs> and then maybe they can find some people that, and you're like, wow, I don't know if I'm going to need people, but thank you. That's awesome. And, uh-huh. and then, you know, uh, and then somebody like out of the blue will send you a message like, Hey, where are you now? And we're like, well, we're over here. Oh, if you want to stay somewhere tomorrow, we can come pick you up. And I'm like, what? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, when your tent's wet because of condensation, because of the cold and, uh, and you know, your, your bags are kind of damp because of, you know, camping in cold weather, um, then that's really wonderful. And, and also like just, um, when I was, you know, still hiking by myself, it just, it's a lonely trail. Yes. Like you said, there's not really another through hiker out there to hike with so then if somebody you know takes you in and you have somebody to talk with or gosh a couple weeks ago i had somebody just volunteer to hike with me i'm like mm-hmm. oh you're gonna hike the whole day with me oh, wow so exciting oh, so exciting <laughs> <laughs> and uh this was just uh, her name is sue but her trail name is walkie talkie because she talks a lot and Aww. i totally out I, I, I out-talked her that day, I'm pretty sure. I was yeah. just like, blah, 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 blah. And she hiked, like, this shitty section with me that was all flooded. And she's like, yeah, I don't care. You know, it's just fun to go out hiking. Yeah. And I'm like, well, thank you so much. This would have really been very, very, very annoying if I'd been <laughs> by myself. So, I, I think um, sometimes... So that's, yeah, been great, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes conversation can be the biggest form of trail magic. Um these people, yes. people think of trail magic on the AT and PCT like a soda or a hamburger and because that's a different trail culture. But especially mm-hmm. when you're going off, off of these trails that don't have many hikers, I don't think people realize how – I don't know if the word's necessarily lonely but how in your own head you're, you can get and kind of how much you just crave just that connection just with chatting with somebody, anybody, anybody that gets gets what the trail is and – is excited to to talk so yeah that, that's amazing trail magic in itself yeah it was for me it's funny because the other day i had put that in my journal somewhere i was like oh the best company or the best trail magic is company oh no and then, <laughs> and then somebody somebody had commented like oh well no the just the best trail magic is the silence of nature and i was like have you have you been on this trail because yeah. there's nobody out here and it's been so silent uh, i don't think you quite understand what this experience is like yeah go, go walk for two weeks straight with just talking you yourself talking to trees and birds and yes yeah, silence silences can be loud at points and um yeah i don't, I don't know yeah. if they fully understand understood the context of it 
yeah. Like I said, normally, yes, for a day, I go, it's wonderful to have silence. But if you've been out by yourself, people are, I don't, people are not made to be by themselves for that long. No. We all crave company. I mean, I would say 99% of us crave company yes. at some point, you know? So, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, to me, like, at that point, like, the best chill magic was company for sure. Yeah. Apple pie, you're giving me so many interesting thoughts I want to f- keep following down. But, um, oh, man. Again, I'm sorry for how long this has taken, but I want to get to two more questions. Do you have time to be able to go through two questions quickly? Sure. Uh, okay, so... Man, I wanted to follow that tangent, but who were you before you? <laughs> <laughs> who were you before you started the trail? Um, kind of, who are you now? Has there been a noticeable change that you have seen in yourself? Um, has there even been a noticeable change that others have commented on? Um, there could be no change. You could just be still you, and I think everybody's still themselves. But do you think? Yeah, who 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 were you before you started the trail? Who are you now? Um, I think, I mean, like my first three hikes, you know, like I've gotten a lot more confident and just, you know, yeah, a lot more confident. Um, and also one of the things is I guess started to appreciate my body a lot more for what it can do and not for what it looks like. Okay. You know, like, I mean, and this is kind of, I don't, whatever, uh, but you know, uh, you have this image of like, oh, oh, I don't like the way my legs look. Hmm. And then you start hiking and you're like, wow, I am able, my body is able to do this. And like, whatever, who cares what it looks like? I'm able to do these things that are important to me that bring me joy. And um, so a lot of like, just like self-acceptance in that sense too, it has really helped me, especially like that, that first through hike really, really helped me in that aspect. It's like, oh, it doesn't, you know, because I've, I've struggled with, with weight and all of that stuff and what you look like. And, you know, like a lot of people do. And, uh, and then to, to find out I can do all these things, like I'm strong and, and, um, like appreciated what I had and what I can do versus, you know, like what I look like. Wow. Okay. I don't know. Appreciation, yeah. for, appreciation for body. I, I've never thought about that, but yeah, your body really does get you through everything out there. I, I, absolutely everything out on trail. Um, hard days, mountains, um, fording rivers. Like, and the, a, a, a human body can keep going and keep enduring and going through that. I never, I never thought about that. But appreciation for body. That's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the things that I learned a lot and. Uh, like you said earlier like you said earlier like flexibility is key just being flexible and uh yeah stuff like that i think and obviously as a person growing older you know you you learn a lot and you have a lot of time to think about things you're like oh i shouldn't have done it that way i should have whatever but you know that's that's part process of hiking and part process of just you know getting Getting older older and a little bit wiser maybe yeah (laughs) and i think i don't know because I always like asking this question, but then I always kind of backtrack when I'm thinking about it because it's it's very curious to me because I don't think necessarily people completely change. So like the question of who are you before you started the trail and who are you now, it's just you find more of yourself, I think. You find, oh, yeah. you find the tools that you already had and you just are able to have time to work on them and sharpen them. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of like as a... Like, I reconnected 
more to um, kind of back to who I was when I was a teenager or after high school, like wanting to travel instead of I was kind of on a path before I did the Pacific Crystal. I was kind of on a path to just, you know, be married, be a housewife and have kids. Mm -hmm. And then I was on this this hike and I was like, wait a minute. That was never what I was going to be. <laughs> you know, I, I, I liked, I was always, like, I was traveling. Like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And so that kind of, you know, I came back to who I was. Yeah. I had lost it a little bit and I came back to who I was and, and didn't want to lose that again. So wow. then you just keep hiking and traveling or whatever it is that you, you know, you rediscovering yourself that was important. And I think especially at that age too um when you're transitioning out of high school out of college when, when you're younger you might not notice it but looking back i've had this thought is i don't know if overwhelming is the word but you can be overwhelmed with life um in the sense of that you're just on a trajectory and you've never thought outside of that trajectory um you're just going along with where your life is pointing you towards um so you become overwhelmed and you don't have the space or the time to Think about something different. And that first hike kind of gives you that space and time to start thinking, start feeling yourself again. And it takes away all that stimuli that can be overwhelming to the point of you never knew you wanted something different. Right. Or sometimes you get sucked into like what everybody else is doing. Like, oh, I'm turning 30. Everybody yeah. else is having kids. I should have kids, too. I mean, that was the trajectory I was on. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, I guess I guess I'll have kids, too. But let me do this big hike first. <laughs> oh, uh, and then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, <laughs> uh, where's this person that wanted to travel and wanted adventure? Oh, there she is. You know, um, so that's kind of what happened for me was that you find what you, yeah. tr you you find what you truly want. You you can actually ask yourself the question, "What do I want?" and you have the time to answer it yourself. Yeah, yeah, and and feel what makes you excited, and uh, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Okay, last question. I promise, apple pie. I'm sorry I've kept you for this long. <laughs> um, no worries. Do you see an endpoint to this type of life, um, a goal to reach, um, or if there is a goal, do you see a transition eventually? This can be a yes or no answer, or yeah, just just free flow. And um, yeah, do you see an endpoint to this life or a goal to reach? No, I kind of would like to keep hiking and traveling. Maybe, sh maybe a few shorter hikes. <laughs> 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 that was my that was my exact magpies I, and I exact statement um, when we were on the North Country Trail this year. Is like maybe a couple shorter hikes, <laughs> maybe a, maybe a couple hikes that are just two months, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, and uh, and and I would like to. I was listening to some travel podcasts and stuff. I was like, oh yeah, I used to go abroad. But I mean, like nowadays, it's been you know pretty limited with COVID and stuff, but. Yes. It's like I used to go to exciting countries that kind of scared me, you know, and I should do that again. Uh, so and then there's, you know, like there's other hikes out in different countries and or maybe in Europe. So and then like, I mean, Greenleaf, you know, is hoping to semi retire or retire so we could mm. do some more stuff together and explore and. Yeah, so there, I, I think we're going to try to do as much as we can and, you know, hopefully stay in shape and um and strong enough 
that we can keep going and and it's cool because i see when i do the guiding i get a lot of people that are a little bit older or you know or like maybe in their 70s as well and um and they're still out there killing it you know yeah. so we're like well if we, if we just keep you know if we keep the muscles strong and if we keep healthy then we can keep living this lifestyle you know we might cut it shorter a little bit you know or not push as hard or which I'm already like, I don't want to push as hard anymore because this hike apparently, you know, it obviously has been pretty tiring. Yes. Um, but, uh, I, I think we want to keep doing this. Yeah. Wow. So the goal without it technically being a goal is just to keep living the life. Just keep on exploring, yep. keep, keep doing the apple pie thing. Um, being free, being able to explore and get to appreciate the areas that you go to. And I, I love that you talked a little bit more about overseas. Um, Oh man, that could be an hour, but yeah, the, the overseas, <laughs> there's so much to see over there and experience that yeah, the focus doesn't have to be narrow. There's just so much that you can, can experience in this life. Yes. Wow. Yep. Okay. I, I like that apple pie. So yeah, that was, that was the last question. I could ask more, but I am not going to do that to you because you have been, <laughs> been absolutely amazing given, given so much of your time. So kind of how we wrap this show up is giving you a platform, giving you a platform to kind of let people know where they can find you, read about you, learn about the dolls that you create, and um, let people learn more about who you are and who Apple Pie is. So the platform's yours. Okay. Well, I guess you can find me on Instagram at arlet underscore lan, which is L-A-A-N. Follow me on Facebook. Okay. Oh, and the website, the website is arletlon.com. Arletlon.com. Okay, and I'll put all of those in the show notes for people that are listening so you guys can just click the link and go directly and check out all of Apple Pie's adventures. Um, Yeah, she's she's an amazing woman, so I really want to thank you again, Apple Pie. And um, yeah, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you would wish that I would have asked or is there anything that you wish to say that I didn't? Yeah, ask. Is it the platform again is yours? Well, I, I guess Fox Thirty already took that one away. <laughs> you can you can you can roast me again. <laughs> I can be I can be roast twice. I can be roasted twice with the same list. I did I I did do a good imitation uh, imitation Constantine uh, write up that I sent to Buck Thirty that made us laugh. <laughs> Wait. It was the uh, what was it? It was the Minnesota is cruisy cruisy. So I'm stepping off the miles like there are no more donuts left in the donut shop. <laughs> is, is it a good Constantine? Yeah, you you captured yeah, the, you captured the yeah. essence of Constantine. Uh, Very good. That, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this might be an ongoing theme. So for people that are listening, get your roasting ready because we're just gonna roast Constantine at the end of every podcast. <laughs> I enjoyed your blog entries. It was good. Oh, thank you. You got to have fun, right? You got to just like laugh at the absurdity of stuff sometimes. It was good. Oh, man. Well, that's it, folks. We hope you enjoyed this week's chat and a little bit of trail maintenance, so to say. As this podcast is just growing, if you are interested or you yourself or you know of somebody that wants to tell their story and wants to share about who they are off trail so that they can make on trail happen, please email us. Email us at offtrailpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com. We would love to have a conversation with you all. Until next time, see you off trail. <laughs>